everyone, welcome to the Halloween World Podcast. Oop. <laughs> that was good. I don't think it rolls off uh, the tongue quite as much as you think it does. It rolls off my tongue, not right. yours. All right. <laughs> well, oh, hello, Eddie. who are you? <laughs> my name's Carrie. I'm Emma. I'm Dean. I'm Jack. <laughs> I don't know why I'm from Tennessee all of a sudden, but hello. Tell us, or tell us what we're going to do. For this, we got a fun little game bit. 2021 okay. Halloween World. Yes, we are going to do a another shameless ripoff of the classic Jonathan Frakes hosted television show, Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Not unlike what we did for April Fool, where we but there where we told, I think we did two untrue things and one true thing and you had to guess the, and vote on the true thing we're going to reverse that a little bit we're going to give you these are actually halloween oriented in the sense that these are objects or things that are some kind of scary have some kind of legend or spooky Ooh. or supernatural legend associated with them i am going to tell you five of these things and describe them and tell you some stories about them and you are going to guess which one of those five is a fake that's, okay. That is made up. That no, people don't really believe it. Just made it up out of whole cloth. Okay. Ooh. I'm in my element now. For the folks at home, we're just learning these rules ourselves. Yes. Okay then. No. Well, it's the same as as um, the other one. As the one on April April first. It's just that it's reverse Four real, one fake. And since there's five instead of three, are yes. they going to be shorter? A couple are very short. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got places to go. I was like, are we going to be here for seven hours? It's going to be about seven hours. Yes. <laughs> A four-part series starting <laughs> now. <laughs> no, the first one is something called the Jersey Devil Tree. Oh. Oh. You've heard of the uh, the Jersey Devil? Yes. Right. We no, have. I have not. But have you heard of the Jersey, Jersey Devil Tree? Neither of no. them. And. It's this kind of little, well, it's not little, it's a good-sized oak tree near Bernard's Township in Somerset County, New Jersey. All right. Kind of central New Jersey, which is in the northeastern United States for mm-hmm. foreign listeners. <laughs> it sta- is often described as like this lonely oak, and, you know, but now I've seen it. I've seen it on Google Street View, and it's, <laughs> it's, an, it's surrounded by other trees, but it's the only oak tree, I guess, and it's the tallest tree in this little... Un, you know, undeveloped area. Right across the street, by the way, are homes. Oops. <laughs> and only six miles away is the Costco at Somerville on Work. Interstate 287. So it's not like it's the middle in of the nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But it is this kind of undeveloped part of New Jersey. Again, immediately across the street from this nice neighborhood. It is a magical tree, though. Oh. Or, or a cursed tree or something. Something's wrong <laughs> okay. with it. Because there are, there are several legends attached to it, things it does, right? None of which, by the way, none of the legends have anything whatsoever to do with the Jersey Devil, the creature, the Jersey Devil, which is, in my opinion, internet, a missed opportunity. Let's go. Yeah. Let's start some Jersey legends. Devil is. You don't have to explain. It's the creature that it had wings and it, it, was, it did terrible oh, things in the early 1800s yes, New Jersey. I do remember now. Uh-huh. We did it was a, in we did an American episode. Horror Story, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. know. Well, it's a famous supernatural creature. Got it. From American lore. This tree isn't, it's nothing to the Jersey Devil. It's just kind of evil. Okay, it's an evil tree. Hmm. So here's one of the legends, is that the Jersey Devil tree is immortal. It's indestructible. If you hmm. try to cut it down, you will, quote, come to an untimely end. Tell that climate change. <laughs> 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 and it does have some scars in it. It's 
right now is protected by this kind of metal grid, metal mesh, I guess, around okay. the lower yeah. part of the trunk because it, apparently some fools have tempted fate and tried to cut this thing down. It looks like axe scars and even maybe chainsaw scars, but it's a huh. badass tree and it's still standing. Is it protected? Fuck, yeah. Is yeah. it by law? Like I don't know if oak by trees law are protected or not. Protected by law here. I don't know to be honest. Oh, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But again, it, it's protected in the fence in the sense of this kind of. Is you know what it is? It looks like a chain link fence. Like someone wrapped mm-hmm. a, a length of chain link fence around it. I know it exactly what you're talking about. Mom and I recently learned on our walks that they put those on trees also to protect them from beavers. Oh really? Oh okay. Well, we learned the beaver part on this podcast. Oh, well, we yeah, that's true. It, yeah. Tune in. <laughs> Call back you might learn to something. episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, by the way, the episode, with the April Fool's episode was 191. I actually looked that up. Oh, or maybe 193, something like that. Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, stop it. <laughs> it was minutes ago he looked it up and he already I did. forgot. I've already forgotten. Uh, you don't have to do much to this tree to piss it off. You, you can just diss it. You can just oh. disrespect it. You can, for instance, you can like pee on it. Oh, it's like that, like that house from Monster House. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack? Yes. Uh-huh. I already said yes. <laughs> okay. Why did somebody pee on the house from Monster House? Well, no, but like <laughs> even just like scraping the lawn oh, really? would get the house angry. Yes. It'll oh. fuck you well, up. Well, apparently, this, you can even just say disrespectful things about it within oh. earshot. And yes, apparently, trees have ears in New Jersey. They do. They might as well. Because if you say bad things about it, bad things can happen to you. Like sometimes you might be chased by a car or a truck, or maybe your car might break down on the way out, which, you know, you don't want Uh that to happen. So here's a story. One group of, quote, popular kids (laughs) from the local high school, they went there and they all peed on it. Because like a dare, I guess. I don't know. What the hell? That's mean. And they also made fun of it. So they're just dicks. Bullying a tree. (laughs) They're they're bullying a tree. (laughs) Yes. These are just typical bad choices by teens. Right. And come on. We've all done it. Come on. Peed on trees and called it names. (laughs) And called it it tree names. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on. On the way home, so they're driving home, and suddenly, without being pushed down, the gas pedal just floored mm. it on its own. And they just started zooming out of control. Oh, no. And, you know, I guess the driver is trying to slam on the brakes, but it's not working. That's, so they, I'm and, scared. And they <laughs> slam into a different tree. Jesus Christ. On the way home, right? Did Luckily, they all survived. Okay. Well, Minor okay. injuries, but the car was totaled. And it was probably Brad's dad's Dodge Charger, I'm assuming. <laughs> Brad's dad's. <laughs> so that's not, he's going to get in a lot of trouble. He's going to be grounded. He can't yeah. go to homecoming, guys. Ours, okay. Like, Ferris you, Bueller's friend. What? You can't say Weird World Podcast, but you can say Brad's dad's Dodge <laughs> See, Charger. See, I can't say that. Apparently, I can. I just, I would just. I know. Brad's dad's write that Dodge down. Charger. Oh, I did it. <laughs> it's on you. <laughs> You're done, Karen. So, but, but by the way, this story was according to Anonymous. Who what? was writing on a New Jersey kind of lore website? So obviously it's true. They always Duh. are. By it has to be. You can't lie on those. No, you really, oh, it's the internet. Yeah. Moderated by a group of nuns, and they get you <laughs> if you're lying. <laughs> they wrap your knuckles. Touching the tree, that's just stupid. Here's an absolutely verified uh-huh. story from someone named Melissa C. She said that she and her friends went to the tree. Apparently, this is like a hangout. In the area, what? Yeah, young people like to go hang out by the tree because it's just a legendary tree, right? The so, devil tree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I honestly, I yeah, would see it. Hundred percent sure, I would have gone. I would say tree. nice words. Yeah, I want to pee on it and be very respectful. I would have gone and been violently anxious the whole time with my <laughs> friends. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Don't say that. We love you, tree. They don't mean it. Yeah, 
That would have been me. That would have been you, actually. <laughs> you guys, no. Stop. Stop. <laughs> oh, my God. My mom's coming to pick me I'm up. so much trouble. <laughs> she and her friends all decided to touch the tree. Idiot. Just touch it? Like, that put a... Just a little pokey poke? Pokey poke. Pokey poke. I mean, don't judge them. They're from New Jersey. Oh, sorry, New Jersey. Actually, New Jersey, buckle up, because not, that's not the last time. <laughs> you. So You're used to it by now. Yeah, come on. Come, come on, on, New York's trash can. So hey, they, y'all make fun of California. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Damn, Am Jersey. I wrong? Jesus. Where did that yes. come from? Oh. That's too much. New Jersey, we apologize for Emma. Yeah. I mean, I... It's not fair. I was going to say I'd John go Stewart's there, from New Jersey? I don't know. Um, oh, I take it all um, back. Someone else is from New Jersey. Lots of people. Well, lots of people from New Jersey. <laughs> Fran Drescher. I'm sure Fran from New Jersey no, are know. beautiful. But then again, so is Joe Piscopo, so that kind of is a, is a negative side. So yeah. that night, the group, after touching the tree, they went to Applebee's to have a late dinner. <laughs> again, stop judging. Not a ton of choices. All right. Well, actually, maybe there are. Applebee's they could have gone to good appetizers. Yeah, I mean, right now, I'm, I'm assuming they went to munch down some double crunch bone in wings or some brew pub pretzels with beer cheese dip, <laughs> which job. the last one I absolutely want right now. I'm yeah. not kidding. <laughs> well, so when they're, when they're having their what? What do you want right now? Some uh, beer uh, brew pub pretzels and beer cheese dip. That sounds delish. I bet there's mustard in it. Nah, maybe. Okay, I don't want that then. <laughs> they, so they're having their, their double crunch bone and wings. And <laughs> they suddenly look down. They All their hands have turned black. Oh, my God. Black. Wow. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to turn into wings. No, no, no. That'd be, no I thought they double crunch bone and wings. <laughs> I thought they were going to turn into tree branches. That would be worse. Yeah, it would have been cool. Ooh, mine are lemon pepper. What are your hands? <laughs> ah. I'm atomic. Um, so... They took, apparently, according to Melissa, they t- it took two and a half hours to remove the black. I'm not 100% sure what that means and how they did it and if it's a little racist, but that's what she said huh. on her missive to the, the website. So uh, so we have to assume that was the revenge of the tree, yeah. or it just could have been Applebee's. I don't know. I yeah. mean, Applebee's, by the way, sponsors. I mean, spinach and artichoke, artichoke dip, yum. Yummy. Pinch me. There's also legend that you can touch the tree and lightning might strike you. No. Which could just be lightning or it could be. Well, why doesn't the tree like to be touched? What if somebody's hugging it? Don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good How point. Carrie. What if somebody's honoring hey, the tree? That's its private square. I have mine. You <laughs> okay. have yours. This is my private square. Hey, stop. Don't, Don't touch, touch me. me there. Oh, okay. So that's why the tree just doesn't want to be touched. Okay. Leave it alone. Don't uh, respect us. Just give credit where credit's due for that song. I've, oh, that's uh, our friend. Pete, uh, Pete taught oh. me that song about pedophilia from <laughs> oh molestation. You also can't kind of crowd the tree, get too close to it, again, because it, it has its special private space. Okay. And so. so once a group was doing that, and suddenly this big black Ford pickup came Whoa. out of the fog, I don't know, and started chasing them what away. The fuck? And they're running from it, fleeing for their lives, when all of a sudden they, they turn back around and the truck has disappeared. Oh, that's scary. So it could be just some local rowdies who had a, a black Ford who decided to turn, or it could have been a ghost truck. Yeah, I like ghost trucks. I do like me yeah, too. Ghost trucks are cool. Yeah, I'm me. gonna see a ghost truck. So the, the tree itself has some su- supernatural powers in kind of a less general sense, or less a less demonic sense. So, for instance, it, it no matter how snowy it is and how cold it is, it said that no snow will accumulate around the base of the tree. And there'll be snow everywhere, but like a ring of no snow right around the tree. Hmm. And hmm. also that, no, again, no matter how cold it is in the dead of winter, it is warm to the touch. Oh. And there's a boulder nearby that's called heat rock that is also warm to the touch. 
no matter what season, how cold it is. Hmm. It's a hot ass tree. It's a hot tree. Some people say that this is because of souls. So Uh a guy named Matt W., (gasps) he told a story of once he put his ear to the bark of the tree and he heard the sounds of screaming. Oh. He also heard (laughs) the sound of children playing, what sounded to him like children. So screaming and children playing. So... Was it the screams of giddy kids? I don't know. Or was it the screams of terror from kids being tortured? Um, Or or were some kids being tortured and nearby some other kids were just playing and having a good time? (laughs) I was going to say, the tree's by a park. Like you go to a park and you hear screams. You heard it in the tree. No, it's not a park. It's just an empty. It's empty air. It's not. It's not a park like you're thinking Uh, at all. I don't fucking know. If it is children playing and giggling while other children nearby are being tortured and screaming. Those are some messed up kids. I think it's like that. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> I think it's like that tree from Nightmare Before Christmas what? where it's like a door to a, like a yeah. another door where uh, there's a bunch of other portals. I was I was going to say it, the tree makes you trip balls. It secretes some Maybe. sort of psychedelic Yeah, substance. so you touch what, it. And just they, they, all, they all imagine their hands are black. And mm-hmm. he, his, his ear hits that tree, and he thinks he's hearing kids yeah. being tortured. I, Matt W., you need to elaborate. Psychedelic. More about spores. That. Yeah. Spores. What? So why is this tree <laughs> so evil, you wonder? I don't. Other than psychedelic <laughs> spores that Carrie believes in? That apparently. oak trees have? Oak trees <laughs> all have. All of a sudden? Everybody knows oak trees have psychedelic yeah, spores. Don't question your mother. No, but there could be some sort of... Um, Parasitic fungus. fungus on the tree, oh, I like, like it. ergot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't tell M Night Shyamalan that he'll make a movie, a bad, bad movie. <laughs> Probably already did. Yeah. It's also, I, I guess, the explanation for this is that there supposedly have been numerous murders and suicides in the immediate area. So, and maybe this causes the souls to be warm inside the tree. I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to. Why the souls go to that tree? I, I'm trying to fill in the blanks. I mean, I it makes sense that the souls generate heat because yeah. you know souls of the body sure. heat, you know, you know, I don't know. It's sure. all energy. There's a logical it's leap there. Yeah. Souls that are like part. microwaves, I guess, is what, it, what I think that means. It makes sure. sense. It, it, it's scientifically sensible. Uh-huh. It's scientifically. All, yeah, scientifically. It is also said that sentences that start with it is said are complete bullshit. But <laughs> Or is, some people say. Some people say. Some people say. And by the way, it's also a portal to hell. Anyway, no one. <laughs> what I said. <laughs> no one's quite sure how long the devil tree has been revenging these slides. This is kind of distant lore, but one of the legends is that it goes all the way back to colonial times because the tree was supposedly used to lynch rebellious slaves. Yikes! Oh, oh and hang is. witches. Although no witches were hanged. That would be up in Massachusetts, but that's not that far. I don't know. It could have been New Jersey witches. That part. I don't know. Yeah. But they didn't hang witches. They're also, I guess, later on, I, I, it doesn't say exactly when, but the Bernard's Town, or Bernard's Township, whatever it's called, was is supposedly the was the local headquarters for the New Jersey Ku Klux Klan. Oh. And so they, you know, just bad people, bad vibes, bad juju. So yeah. they made a bad tree, something like that. And, oh, and one last legend is that uh, a, it's a nearby farmer supposedly murdered his family and then hung himself on this tree Oof. back in no year is given. So again, yeah, it, I mean, all this kind of that. These are the kinds of things that would turn a normal oak tree into an evil tree. Yeah, 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 logically, these sound like a lot of like urban legends. Yeah, do they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the story of so that's number one, the Jersey Devil Tree. Okay. Number two, the Moonstone of 
Morocco. Oh, uh, I'm intrigued. This one I has a callback, this. actually. This this does have a spooky, kind of a scary, spooky legend attached to it, but it is also a scientific anomaly. Work. We'll I get love to that a in a scientific second. anomaly. Mm-hmm. And unlike, who doesn't? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> unlike the Jersey Devil Tree, the weirdness associated with this is actually kind of good, not bad. So. Okay. It's This is getting better. This is my favorite already. <laughs> <laughs> this object is has a little bit of a callback. Do you remember a Weird wor- World episode? <laughs> I, I don't remember. I, I wrote down his episode 195. I'm not 100% on that. <laughs> but it was about Alexander Lang. You remember that? He was the really overconfident Scotsman who went to be the first European to go to Timbuktu. Oh, That was oh. the legendary city in the heart of Africa, the famous trading yes, city. I remember this. He was going to go there. Horrific things happened to him mm-hmm. on the way there, and he died on the way out. Yeah. Well... If you also remember this a little bit less, but we didn't talk about this that much, but there was a person who did get there first and got back and lived to tell about it. He was a French explorer named René Caillé. Yes. Well, René Caillé, when he was in Timbuktu, acquired a little something that would later become come to be called the Moonstone of Morocco or the Morocco Moonstone. This is about 1826 or so, right? So he either found, stole it, or traded for this kind of I guess sort of opal-like stone, and it had supposedly been kept for centuries in the the mansion of this uh, famous trading family there in Timbuktu. But they were maybe a little bit down the lot because you recall Timbuktu by the time he got there, Timbuktu was nothing of the splendor it had been a couple hundred years before. So either he bought it or traded for it, but Kaye was able to acquire this most prized possession, their their moonstone. Kaye never had a lot of details about how he got it, so maybe he did steal it. Who knows? I was going to say, I think he did some fuck shit. Probably. I mean, he was a European. They, the European tourists thought, well, we own everything now, so give Oh, me I'm that. here, so yeah. it's mine, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, and it's not clear if it was called the Moonstone when he brought it back or before he had it. Some yeah. people think it was. So some people think it may have been a piece of meteorite or something from outer space, uh, and that's why it was mm. called the Moonstone. The, oh, the biggest not like thing the literal. That's one yeah. story behind it. But it, and also the Morocco part is pretty easy because it first came to the attention of the West, the Europeans, when Kaye showed up with it in French ruled Morocco. That was like, you know, you, when you went into the deepest Africa, you left typically from Morocco, which was oh, French hmm. ruled. So he got back to Morocco. That's where civilization was. People found out about it. It came to be called the Moroccan Moonstone because it wasn't really from Morocco. It was really from Timbuktu or who knows where before that. The moon. The moon. The, the moon. Or yeah. the moon, or possibly the Duh. moon. So its appearance was. Unique, it was said to be. It was kind of it was whitish like some opals, but it had this. Try to picture this. It had this gradually from left to right, in kind of little top to bottom slivers. It went from very close to white to a little bit uh, bluish white to a little bit more whitish blue. So it got bluer as you went from left to right, and that was reminiscent, almost like the phases of the moon. Across, ah. so it, that may be another reason why it was it was called that. It was supposed to be amazingly beautiful, and if it really was just an opal or something like that, its marketing was brilliant because it was held in incredible esteem. It was considered to be priceless, basically. So it wasn't, it I was, like it. you know, worth more than diamonds. How big was it? Uh, probably just a, a, a it was kind of ovally shaped and maybe just like two, three inches. It wasn't, maybe me not that big. Was that's pretty you'll learn big. like there, there are no existing photographs of it, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, that's yet. The real strangeness of those strangeness starts a bit later, is in the 1830s or so, mid-1830s, the Moonstone was being transported from Paris to Brandenburg. 
uh, it seems by that time it had come into the possession of a minor offshoot of the Orleans family. The Orleans family was a royal family at the time. King Louis Philippe I was like a cousin of this this um, Orleans guy, right? Who had the stone, who had the moonstone. He had bought it, who knows, along the way in the in the last decade or so, right? His family was though a little bit broke, so they were going to sell it to the Duke of Brunswick, which is in it's a duchy that is now in central Germany. Um, so so the French owner was kind of hard up and it was considered kind of a national treasure by France Mm -hmm. so he was selling it on the very very down low Mm. he didn't want anybody to know he was selling it until it was a done deal he's like hey I'm just gonna sell this Liberty Bell real quick (laughs) (laughs) don't want to pay any attention don't worry hello eBay (laughs) (laughs) so for this reason this very very precious gem was being transported by a very small crew two guards and a driver on a coach and they were told to take the back roads from France to uh, central Germany. So at some point on the journey, they're on, a, you know, they're on this narrow, rutted road, forest surrounds you on both sides. They blew a wheel. They lost a wheel. They're broken down. It's nighttime. No. So while they're out fixing the wheel, the three men hear the howls of wolves. Ooh, and they're getting closer uh, and closer. Oh shit. Remember, wolves are... Mean. European wolves are no. historically much, much more aggressive than North American wolves are. It's, it's also the reverse of bears. Brown bears in North America are much more aggressive than European brown bears, which are pretty docile. What? What? It's just funny. It is weird, but, but you know. Dad's natural the, history the, corner. Well, the, the European fear of wolves is very well founded because wolves killed a lot of people in Europe over the centuries and they, they killed virtually no one in North America. Hey, and then how many wolves did people kill? Oh, tons. Don't get me Boom. wrong. I'm not, it's not like I'm... I think the wolves I'm had a reason. I'm still pro-wolf. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but when they hear in, in the 18, by the 1830s in darkest forest of southern Germany, yeah. you hear wolves yeah. howling. You're scared. I would shit to my pants. Yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> I would void my bowels. So yeah, that part. pretty soon the wolves started showing up and they're, and they're kind of menacing in from the forest there at the side of the road. It's about to be the gray in this there. bitch. Yeah, pretty much. <gasps> Liam. That's when something weird happened, though. The wolves began to walk on two legs. I was say break dance. They did. They probably did. They had some cardboard. They laid it out. They broke out into song. Yeah. These were not wolves. The men realized these were werewolves. <gasps> yeah. You just now got that. Yeah. Two yeah. legs. Well, you're thinking just hey, hey, wolves that break dance is what you thought. I just thought. Okay. I don't know. Werewolves. Yes. Werewolves. Mary, also, the, the classic werewolf doesn't necessarily have to be Superman-like. So I don't know. There's not great description of this story. It's just that they're walking on two legs at times, and they realize they were werewolves. So they're getting menaced. In a, there's kind of an alpha male there, right? And he suddenly Obviously. dashes in, and he grabs on with his mighty snout to the arm of the driver. Oh, no, not the man. Ripping him up. <gasps> He's ripping his, his arm, right? The two guards grab the other arm, and it's kind of like a tug of war. Oh, for, bad move. Well, you know. The werewolf's going to win, guys. Uh, that part. No. Eventually, <gasps> after a couple minutes, they yank the driver free. But they the, shove him into the coach, arm. and they close the doors, lock the doors, because these ones may have, these wolves may have opposable thumbs. They don't know. Yeah. And the driver's arm, though, is shredded. He's bleeding profusely. Yeah. They're freaked out. 
so, and the wolves are start to crowd the coach and they're knocking it from both sides. Oh, hell no. The male, the alpha wolf was able, you know, there's a little, little kind of open windows there uh -huh. in the doors. He stuck his snout through the door trying to buy it at him. Finally, one of the guards realizes, hey, you know what? I have a gun. Shoot him. Thanks. Oh, God. So he loads his gun. It's a single shot pistol. Yeah. Right. It took four he, minutes to load. <laughs> <laughs> four minutes later, he, he waits for the uh, wolves. He thinks they're, they've backed off a little bit maybe. So he throws the door open. Boom. There's the alpha wolf. It rears up to come at him. He shoots it square in the chest. Uh-oh. Killing him instantly, right? <gasps> well, it's a werewolf. It's a werewolf. So Unless that bullet was silver. Just about to say that. The bullet was not Fuck. silver. The wolf didn't die, but it did seem like it was hurt. And so it turns around and it, it goes into the forest and the other wolves follow it. Just at this time, the, the uh, moon, full, the full moon kind of disappears and, and has its, its oh. run. And mm. so they may have left for that reason. We don't know. Yeah. They had to go someplace to transform back into humans. Yeah. Very Double possibly. whammy. I got yeah. shot in they the chest. The full moon's leaving. I got to go. And we didn't get a meal. <gasps> yeah. Because that driver's arm really was unsuccessful delicious. full moon for Yeah, them. it really kind of was. A bust. Well, they probably didn't really expect to see a coach there in the middle of the night mm -hmm. anyway. They got lucky. So they, the two driver, I'm sorry, the two guards rush the driver to the nearest village because he's bleeding terribly. And they get him into the village. They, they call the local doctor, and the local doctor comes. I don't know if they go to the inn, whatever. The local doctor comes and sees him and says, The barbershop. He's going to die. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing I can do. But he did not die. That Where? driver recovered. In fact, he recovered very quickly, and in fact, his uh -oh. wounds healed semi-miraculously. Oh, my God. Because he's now a werewolf. Uh, <laughs> that's when the whispering started. Yeah. So, yeah, the townspeople start saying, okay, this cat's a werewolf. This cat's this a werewolf. Cat. That's a nice sentence. Sammy Davis was, he's a was put in, lived in the village there. <laughs> that, um, but, but he'd been bitten by what they were sure was a werewolf. He was going to turn into a werewolf, so what do they do? Luckily for them, when they were undressing him to treat his wounds, they found in his jacket, sort of hidden away in like a lining, the Moonstone. Moon oh, this shit. guy was trying to steal the Moonstone. He must have done it while the guards weren't looking or something like that, or maybe they're out peeing on the side of the road. He had tucked the Moonstone into his and, and put something else in the in the case wherever it was being held, and <gasps> was trying. So they said, "Okay, great." They went and got the local magistrate. And the magistrate said, "Yeah," he said like we charge him with theft, and so they're able to jail him on these legitimate charges. So what they thought they'd do is they, they put him in the jail and they kind of reinforce the bars. And when the, oh. when the uh, next full moon, so about a month later, full moon's coming, they thought, let's see if he turns uh -huh. into a werewolf. They got like a bunch of dudes in there. I guess they, they made some silver bullets. And so they had three or four armed people with silver bullets waiting for this guy to turn into a werewolf. And he didn't. He did he not. Fuck. <gasps> The driver didn't turn into a werewolf, and just to be sure, they waited another month Jesus. and tested him again, <laughs> and then they let him go, which is like, wait, hold on. Did she forget he was trying to steal? Yeah. It's very expensive steal. I mean, They're just yeah. so glad he wasn't a werewolf, they let him go. They're like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Now, this is, so this incident is the main reason, or really the only reason, I guess, for the, the legend attached to it, the Moonstone, which is that, two things, that his possessor can't be killed when it's on his person oh. and that they can't be transformed into a werewolf even with, if they're bitten by a werewolf. That last one's pretty specific, but still the healing makes them think, okay, so you can't be killed with this or, well, or at least you heal yes. quickly. It Invincibility. It could just be a general power that Something works like that, yeah. for 
to protect. It's just a protective stone. Protective. A but the werewolf part was, you know, that, again, European legend was that you turned into a werewolf and it. If you got bit, baby. He didn't, so. Yeah, because the moons don't protect them. I suppose, I suppose. Yeah. But to the Europeans, they're like, oh, this will protect us from werewolves. Yeah. Because that That's was a big thing went. in their mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was a really prominent problem. Uh-huh. It's a big It's like, deal. you know how no we're one. scared of COVID and they're yes. scared of werewolves. It's similar. Equal. Very similar. So the Duke of Brunswick did indeed buy the stone and presumably whenever he traveled, he had it on it. Well, yeah. At least when he traveled on a full moon, he must have carried it with him. So here's the other strangest note about this moonstone. Even semi-modern science could not figure out what the hell it was. Yeah. Hmm. So the gem changed hands over the years, but by the 1930s, it had fallen to the hands of, unsurprisingly, the Nazis. I was going to say Hitler. Yeah. Hitler was supposedly fascinated by it, and he kept it for a time in his in the wolf's lair, which is Bavaria, his retreat in Bavaria, his famous retreat. That's what his kind of his, his you know, summer palace, whatever it was, his, his complex was. German geologists, which were top-notch scientists, they studied the hell out of it and had no idea what it was. They couldn't, they couldn't relate it to any known huh. earth mineral or stone of any sort whatsoever. So it's not like an opal. It wasn't an opal. kind of like rainbowy opals are well yeah. known, orangey fire. It, it was not an opal. It wasn't huh. an opal. It wasn't, it wasn't any gemstone known of, right? Hmm. And it wasn't just the Germans. Uh, during this period, an English scientist from Cambridge, he was a geologist. He, his name is Clive Owen, not that Clive ah! Owen. Say what? A different Clive That's Owen. That's funny. And also, separately, an American professor at Northwestern University named Emil Appleton, they were allowed, they were both experts, and they were allowed to, to, uh, to look at the stone when they're traveling in Germany, and they both, same thing. We don't know what it is. So huh. no one could tell what it was. Damn. And as I mentioned earlier, no pictures, unfortunately, survived of it. What? We assume there were pictures taken, but this is World War II in Germany, so whatever documentation there was, it got lost. We do have those, there's lots of letters from over the century or so, century plus, that it was uh, around that refer to it and talk about it, and even like, I think, like a receipt of the sale to the Duke of Brunswick. So we know oh. it existed, but there's no photos of it, unfortunately. But wait, what happened to the actual stone? Unfortunately, also, the stone itself disappeared during World War II. Just disappeared. Huh. No one has any idea where, what, what well, happened. Well, Hitler knows that stupid he may. bitch. Well, that bitch well, down in Argentina knows. Probably. <laughs> Mengele. There's lots of rumors like, oh, the Rothschilds got it. Or, the oh, Rothschilds? Some people what? say Bill Gates now owns it. Or the Queen oh, of England. Oh, or, some, or, or some Arab uh-huh. you know, sheik bought it, in the, yeah. bought yeah. it in, in, on the black market or something like that. Because it could have been... You know, if you saw that, you'd smuggle Shit. it out. It's the chaos yeah. of the end of the war. That George would not be hard. <gasps> no, you know who has it? Who? It's fucking Thanos. Thanos <gasps> could have it. Yeah, yes. it's fucking the power Thanos. Stone. You know it's who probably stone. has it? The the Earth. It probably just got bombed. Or something <laughs> yeah, like that. the Earth. Just, I mean, it just got bombed to smithereens. Unfortunately, it did not. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, we will never know from modern science what it may have been. And again, a lot of people think it was a brand new gemstone that came and went. If yeah. that's true, it'd be. Probably the rarest gem mm-hmm. in the world, but we don't know. We'll never know. Hmm. I wonder where, if we could figure, like, trace it back to its true origin, that'd be real cool. Yeah. If it actually came Timbuktu. from Timbuktu. See, it probably, it, too, it, but Timbuktu, it remember, was a trading city right. that traded right. all over the world. It could have come from anywhere. We'll true, never true, true. know. Meh. It's too bad. Could have come from three the kingdom of Kush. Of strings that, remember, these are things. These are things called genglots. J E N G L O T S. Okay. Heard of them? Eng- Maybe. No, but does it have something to do with language? No, oh. it's not. It has to do with nastiness. They are nasty little creatures. They're part of Indonesian mythology, oh. mainly in Java. It's this gruesome little deformed-looking humanoid, kind of a doll-like thing. Okay. 
they're typically only about 15 to 20 centimeters long, right? They're, they're dead. They're like, they're like, you know, stuffed, I guess. I don't know. So that's like six to eight inches, very small. And they have, they're little, they're scary looking creatures. They have big fangs, usually sometimes big claws. They have uh, kind of oh, dry, usually black hair on their head. And sometimes the hair trails down their body all the way down to their la- legs. Don't look it up. Oh, okay. You can't look anything up because this, remember? Oh, yeah, fuck, you're right. <laughs> so, and by the way, I for you listening right now, forgot. no one look anything up. Don't yeah. cheat. Don't Damn cheat because we'll know. We'll know. We'll know. I was like, I gotta see a picture of this. I don't have a good mind, brain. Nope. I don't have a good, like, <laughs> I, I can't make so images good. very well in my mind. You're not talk good. I can. Wait, were these once alive and dead? Yeah. And we'll get to that. We'll or get to that. are they toys? Away. They, they give me um, maybe. Scooby-Doo, Spooky Island vibes. <gasps> yes, yeah. bitch. Okay. okay. Sure. Why not? They're giving me... Trilogy of Terror <laughs> Trilogy vibes. Of terror yes, vibes. yes. I'm in both age groups. Sure, mm-hmm. give me. I don't know. What uh, um, trolls, troll dolls. <laughs> yeah. So oh, Jenglots okay. almost always. Again, they have the fangs. They have the um, the, the the claws, and some even have two heads. Oh. But what are they exactly? Some say they are indeed the dried or mummified remains of little humans or even human-like creatures. Like babies or like... No, they're not. They're clearly <laughs> not like babies. I mean, they're nasty-looking things. Their faces are... Babies are you know? nasty. Yeah, well, babies are nasty. That's, <laughs> that's that true. true. But babies don't it's... usually you know, look like they're... They look like they're mid-growl, you know? Mm-hmm. Some say they are transformed humans who follow some kind of ritual swearing obedience to certain demons and you can essentially turn yourself into a jenglot. Some say they are a type of vampire Ooh. because they feed on blood. Sometimes the blood is from goats. Sometimes it's not Wait, from how goats. Big are they? Hmm. What's About name? six to eight inches. Oh. So they're very small. It's like a little chupac- chupacabra. <laughs> are you okay? Lily <laughs> jumped on me in the okay. middle of my word. <laughs> uh, they're typically found, by the way, by psychics. Psychics in Indonesia oh. mm. will perform a ceremony and that allows them to search and find these jenglots because they're usually hidden. You can find them like they're buried under underground or they sometimes they're in the remains of a ruined house or sometimes they're even hidden in the trunks of trees. Hmm. So the psychic does a ritual, goes out, finds this jenglot, brings it back. And if you are the possessor of a jenglot, you are called its keeper. Oh. And you must feed them blood mm. so you get oh my god it's like a little chicken like a little it's like, gremlin it's like a little pet rock that you have to feed oh, uh, no. but only it's a demon of a sort or <laughs> a jinn huh. so that which by the way that says the vampire legend why there's some they, they're some kind of a vampire is because you feed them blood so you can use goat's blood but most keepers use human blood <laughs> but they say that they supposedly get that blood from the red cross so it's nice and girl because so that's a thing Sure. You can go get blood from the Red Cross. I guess the Red Crescent in Indonesia. Yes, and you can, and they sell it to you. Yeah, okay, you got to feed your jenglot. They know. Come on. Come on, man. They probably have jenglots of their own at home. Maybe. <laughs> They're Maybe. aware. Why, what happens if you don't feed Oh, oh is you don't want to know. I'll get to that in a second. Mogwai? Sort of. Uh, well, you do want to know, but I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> yeah. The blood, by the way, they don't actually lap it up or drink it. Huh? You basically, essentially, you just, they're nourished by the blood being near them. So you put it in a cup or a bowl mm. or something like that, and you lay it near them, and that nourishes them, right? Hmm. Some old school folks, though, of Jenglot belief 
say that now the jangla is just waiting until you look away or go to sleep mm. or whatever nah. and it's going to lick yeah. it up. Yeah. Because totally. so, if it goes away, if that blood's gone to Mara, exactly. where'd it go, bitch? It, it went jenglot and the jenglot has a, a big full belly and he's got blood on his lips. Uh, Come on, man. Where'd it go? Jenglot's like, I don't know. So <laughs> that would make them like a tiny little spiky haired mummified vampire. Basically. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. And if you don't give Jengot the blood carry, yeah. it will take revenge on you. Ooh. Sometimes, apparently, this involves tying your soul to this world, so that makes you unable to move on to the next life when you oh, die. No. So that's fucked up. Oh, that's fucked hmm. up. Mm-hmm. That's so, the worst thing in the world. Well, Jesus. if you believe in an afterlife, it, it yeah, kind of is. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry. I'm tied to this world. I can't go with you to heaven. You guys have fun. I want to be a ghost. You'd uh, feel left out. That'd be okay. Who I said you're that. a ghost? Maybe. But you're, you're probably a ghost. I bet you're a ghost. What if you're a jenglot? Mm, Ooh. That's worse. So feed it even, uh, or, it'll, or at least if you have to, go all supernatural and slice a sharp big knife down your middle of your yeah. palm and squeeze it out onto the jenglot to feed it. And then don't have any kind of scar or pain the very next scene. <laughs> so, um, or, and it's just like <laughs> squeezing a blood packet that's in your hand. That's yeah. not, I'm not accusing Supernatural of not really cutting their hand, right. Dean and, and Sam, because I'm sure you did. So <laughs> if you want mm-hmm. to actually become a Jenglot yourself, no problem. We have you covered. You just become a hermit. You worship certain demons, and you meditate for a few years, and you're going to need to do this in a certain kind of cave no one tells okay. you exactly where this cave is, but you're going to have to do it there. And then voila, you become a jenglot. So I say, listeners, give it a shot. Not sure why you'd want to become a jenglot? No. Yeah, what's the... what's that the? Well, you seem... get the powers. You can tie souls, apparently. Do they have any good power? I mean, why? That, you know, that's not really a top five power in my book. And I, no. didn't, I didn't hear anything else that, it, you know, other than to be mean and scare people. I don't know. Do they and you're six inches. Forever? You have spiky hair. I don't know that it's a good trade-off. So I don't know. No. I'm not sure why. Some people say they're kind of associated with being like an, like an Indonesian type of gin or genie or something like that. So, yeah. I, but anything I read didn't indicate any other significant power. So, and they aren't granting wishes. Mm. So I'm not sure why you want to become one, but some people do. Mm. So what are they really? Turns out that they all, the first record of a jenglot anywhere that anyone can find was 1997. Oh, no. Oh. Hey. One person says, one person claims, <laughs> no, no, I talked about these back in 1972, but that person's claim is, quote, hotly disputed. <laughs> Ooh. Controversy. Yeah, there's a controversy. In the so, jenglot. So in all likelihood, wow. late 90s, they suddenly you know, Existed. exist out of nowhere. Some of the hairs from jenglots have been examined by modern science, and every time they've been shown to be... Dogs. Dogs. Humans. Oh. Humans, oh. actually. <laughs> you both are on dogs there. Uh, yeah, I just... Mermaid. No, no. <laughs> Sasquatch. No, no, no. Human hair. I was going to say goat. Yeah. Goat. Yeah, I was thinking animal. Too, yeah. They're always human, though. Several specimens have been closely examined. The entire jenglot. And every time that has happened, they have proven to be... Stingrays. Close. <laughs> a one, wonder of taxidermy. They're monkey parts and fish parts. Oh. Hey. What does that remind oh you of? Oh my God, the Fiji mermaid. The Fiji mermaid. That's exactly That's literally the Fiji that. Mermaid. That was P.T. Barnum's, I don't know if it was his invention, but this was a huge, huge thing in the mid to late 19th century called the Fiji mermaid, which supposedly, and it looked, honestly, the Jenglocks look very, very much like Fiji mermaid. They're just oh. a, a modern version of Fiji mermaid, so it appears. Somebody went to a lot of trouble then. A lot of people so, went to a lot of trouble because yeah. there's lots of them. That's crazy. Huh. So, and when you say this, the Jenglock 
supporters say, well, you haven't examined everyone. Like, well, there, so yeah. it must be true. Well, that's not. There are imposters. Yeah. Or, you know, like you have to, you, here's, we've, you have 20, we've examined 10, they're all fake. We can assume the rest are fake. No, you can't. Stop it. Look, look it up. <laughs> These are the same kind of people that start sentences with, it is said, and also write into websites with just their first name and last initial. Yeah. The, well, the same type. And also the people who like retweet things that say, psychology says psychology. when you miss someone the most is when you love them the most. Okay, well, psychology that's, that says kind of shit. you fulfill your dreams with... No, I'm Well yeah. done, well done. Mm -hmm. No, you, you I, had a good start. I've never <laughs> seen anything that says psychology. Oh, I haven't either. Oh my God, it's, it's all over so Twitter. funny. Okay. <laughs> and also, by the way, another clue here is that when Janglots are caught, I put that in quotes, because again, the psychics go out there and catch them, right? Catch them. Uh, they are always exhibited for money. They're, they're on shows yeah. a lot, or so they're sold, they're bought and sold all over the place. You, again, this is something you can get on, on the interwebs. Um, the, oh, oh, here's another, here's a power that you can, if you would possess them, so not because you're a Jenglot, so again, I don't see the reason to become a Jenglot, but to get a Jenglot is not a bad idea because they can be used to make potions, including love spells, oh. and they can be used to counter the black magic of your rivals. So that's good. Oh. I and mean, these are normal 21st century concerns. They are. So. Mm -hmm. I've got tons of rivals and they've all got black magic. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Get yourself a Jenglot. Start using it. Love potions, revenge, and all kinds of things. And maybe you could use it to seek revenge on people who use their podcast to call into question the validity of Jenglots, like <gasps> some the smug, racist assholes that they are. Wait a second. <laughs> Don't do that. Please. We're nice. Yeah. No, but, you know, <laughs> if we're, I, you know, if we're, we're not people, shitting on your culture. No, no. That's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. Got okay. it. I promise. No, I prom we just, we just, we're just a little suspicious that Jenglots aren't, aren't what you say they are. But you know what? Like Jack said, if the blood's gone and the Jenglot yeah, has the yeah. full belly. The Skeeters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Number four, baby cages. What the well, fuck? I support them. <laughs> you don't even know what they are and you support them. Just the, just every the baby. concept. I, every parent needs a break. Look, we all know city life can be trying, right? <laughs> it's crowded. Traffic's terrible. You can't get a good cup of coffee. Am I right, ladies? And the air can be pretty polluted. So this is particularly true back in, say, the late 19th century, early 1900s, when most cities were still, you know, there's a lot of manufacturing still in the city or nearby, and there's smokestacks and all that kind of stuff. So, and also, remember, tuberculosis was still a thing that killed tons of people, I think still the number one killer in the country, in the world at the time. So getting fresh air was seen as almost like a panacea. Is that the doctors say, get fresh air, get fresh air. You <laughs> a cure-all. Okay. Oh, sorry. I don't know what that word was. No now big, I do, though. No big words. <laughs> no big words. Curious I want to learn. Carrie's t-shirt. Oh. No big words. <laughs> you should get that t-shirt. <laughs> so uh, what's a good mother supposed to do when her baby and his tendered little lungs, and she lives in a smoggy city in the early 1900s, well, she just might have bought herself a baby cage. Well, What you ask is a baby cage? Well, sadly, it's exactly what it sounds like. It was a little, like a wire mesh cage around usually a wooden base, right? And Well, that it would be very uncomfortable for the baby to yeah. have to sit on wires. 
Yes, that's true. Uh, you 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 sound angry at me. No, but okay. Well, yeah, I'm saying of course. It's, I hope they put a pad in there probably, too. Probably a pad. Probably a, probably a blankie. There's uh-huh. a blankie on the, on the bottom of, of a, the base a there. Down pillow or something. A cushion. Yep. Something like that. And it usually and it had something you can attach it to the windowsill of your you know tenth story flat in Manhattan, and you literally hang the cage with the baby inside outside of your window directly beneath it. Other than that plank of wood is the street 100 feet below. That sounds very precarious. That is a baby That's cage. The word. Michael this. Jackson who? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would not trust myself to fasten that securely. Were there professional baby cage installers? Because... Probably, I yeah. would be very I, afraid. I would, yeah, I'd be a little nervous about the attachment part. Be but, very afraid. You know? <sighs> The babies look happy, are terrified. Yeah, so, but I mean, your baby needs fresh air, Carrie. So you put it in the baby cage, you hang it out the window, and you just and you go about your business. You vacuum, you clean, you read your Cosmopolitan, and you check out your baby every now and again to make sure he's still there. You and gotta sunlight. think about Cosmo, don't you? I do. Well, um, would babies know enough to be afraid? I don't think highest? so. I don't think so. Babies I mean, are, that, as we know, children are stupid. Is that an, it, that's what I'm asking. Is that an instinct? I don't know. Or is I don't that know. I believe it but probably a is fear. to a degree. To a degree. It's Being instinct. in a cage with your mom 10 feet away, <laughs> that's, that's not a, that, that could cause a child to cry. I would sob. Yeah, you probably Well, would. is it like a cage cage? It's like a legit it's cage. Closed it's on all four sides. Oh, absolutely. It's Otherwise, it's crawl sort of out. Like, no, it's Well, no, I mean, like, what about the window I, side? Is it I guess open I on the window? All six <laughs> no. sides. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's, is it open uh, to the inside of the house? It, the, but there's a door, so it like can't. A, oh. No, it can't. It, it's it, the oh. baby cannot get out of that cage. <laughs> there even would have on to the be. inside part. There's a door on the inside part, um, but otherwise the baby's completely enclosed. They were sometimes marketed as quote health cages. So it's all about the fresh air and the sunlight. If you got a jaundice baby, you got to cook too. it in the sun. Yeah, I'm I a little confused though. That. Why <laughs> the air? The <laughs> there, remember this is a polluted city, 19 like whatever 20s or, or 1900s Manhattan or something like that. Why was the or London? Why yeah. was the air fresher two feet outside yeah. your apartment as opposed to inside your apartment? I'm not clear on that. They thought smoking was healthy back then. <laughs> yeah. I don't think smog was really the biggest <laughs> thing on their mind. Fresh, yeah. No, it was. It really was. Fresh air was the big thing, and they and they, they knew smog, smoggy air was not a good thing. Oh, yeah, that's from my ass. I don't know. So, let's see. For example, let's take the case of a 21-year-old mother in New York City. Her name is Eleanor. She lived in a high-rise in the city in 1906. She wanted to make sure her baby got plenty of fresh air, so Eleanor fashioned... She did it herself. She fashioned a grid of chicken wire around a wooden basket base, and then she securely attached this contraption to her window. She, She was a homemade baby cage oh, and she and she hung the baby in that nice fresh breeze are outside you gonna tell us the baby fell and died carrie would i do something like that yes. not you <laughs> y'all both like to bring us down sometimes <laughs> you, do. you really do backward cretins that they were her neighbors eleanor's neighbors got upset and they complained but they weren't complaining so much for the baby uh, being you know, precariously hung over the street, they were complaining because the baby wouldn't stop crying. Because oh Eleanor God. practiced what was a very hot thing at the time among pediatricians, which was the let him cry uh, philosophy. Barbarizing. Yeah. yeah. And so she let her baby cry all day long. So her neighbors said, her neighbors reported her 
Wait, what year was this? 1906. Verbal racing was a thing in 1906. Maybe not. It probably wasn't called that, but it, it, it could have been. It was, it yeah. was a cry thing it back out then. Yeah. yeah, the cry it out method has, has, has been around. I'm sure yeah, for a very long time. Babies are manipulative. You can't let that yeah. baby manipulate you into loving it. <laughs> it's based on the idea that babies could cure their own colic, or they should stop being so goddamn lazy and use their goddamn legs to get their goddamn food for themselves. Maybe babies don't have kneecaps, but they do have legs. So <laughs> maybe babies don't have fully fused skulls, but they can move those knees. Get off your ass. Get some food. Stop crying. So that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not in complete disagreement with that. So whether it was from the racket or the fact that Eleanor was endangering her baby, she was forced to take it down. They threatened, the neighbors threatened to report her to the New York Society for the Prevention of Cruelty Toward Children if she wouldn't bring her baby inside. <laughs> I so, support that. That's a thing. Yikes. Where to go? She, oh, it's CPS now, probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Eleanor did, indeed, bring her baby in. But years later, when Eleanor Roosevelt wife of the 32nd president of the United States uh. and international diplomat, wrote her autobiography. She wrote about this incident and wrote about how dumb her neighbors were. She wrote about it with, with annoyance because she argued that she's only doing what a good mother should in getting uh. her baby, her young uh, daughter, Anna. I think Anna Roosevelt, the oldest of their kids, she was getting her some fresh air. That was indeed Eleanor Roosevelt who did that. Oh, My bitch. I still love her, my though. My God. <laughs> was Eleanor was... Roosevelt actually good? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. The best. Carrie loves Eleanor Roosevelt and Gold in My Air. Yes. <laughs> and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm. Not the second one, Ruth but the first one, yeah. Well, no, wait. Yeah. What about, um, didn't they have a daughter named Alice? Was that Alice? Yes, they did. Yeah. Blue Gown. I like her too. Okay. All right. Is she still alive? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's be very old. A woman named Emma Reed of Spokane, Washington applied for a patent for a quote portable baby cage in 1922. And it was pictures of it. It's the same thing that, that Eleanor Roosevelt used back in 1906. They actually, baby cages, at, at least the inspiration for baby cages, go back to at least till 1884 when an influential Dr. Luther Emmett. He argued that babies need to, needed to be aired, quote unquote, regularly to, quote, renew and purify the blood. Quote from him. The appetite's improved, the digestion is better, the cheeks become red, and the, all signs of health are seen. What so, does that mean? You, you know, you could just pop them in a pram and no. stroll them around the block a few times. Girl. It was also thought, though, well, no, you can't stroller. do that. Because they also thought that exposure to cool air like that Toughened the baby. Toughened? Yeah. It, they thought it would be soft and squishy like a baby. They thought it made it less likely to get colds and flus and things like that by Ridiculous. putting the baby out in the cold air. Yeah. They thought. I don't this is 1884. Is <laughs> yeah. They had a lot of weird yeah. shit going on with health back then. Apparently, though, Dr. Emmett thought that the mothers should just put their babies by the open window, not yeah. outside the yeah. open window. But somebody took that to the next level and made baby cages. And by the 1930s, they were huge. In London, there was a neighborhood group called the Chelsea Baby Club. And it, when you joined the, the club, they gave you a baby cage. Oh. It was that sort of almost universal. And I guess any, well, anybody who didn't have a private backyard, a garden, as they say as in England, say. got a baby cage. So if you lived in a high rise or, or mid rise or just didn't have a, a private yard, because you needed that, that fresh air. They were seen as almost a necessity for urban environments. The Royal Institute of, of British Architects felt they were 
essential to all homes without gardens, and some apartment buildings at the time actually had them built in to a, one window in oh that God. unit. Wow. They were that popular. I want. I hope some of those buildings are still I'd, alive. I would like amazing. to see a baby cage. Oh, you will when we're done voting. Okay. Baby cages fell into favor in England during the bombing of Britain because, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. kind of a dick move. <laughs> but after the war was over, they came briefly back into favor. But then sometime during the 1950s, they just gradually kind of went out of favor. No they one knows for sure. They lasted well into the 50s. Years? In England especially. In London and England, they were oh, still a big Lordy. deal into the 50s. Yeah. Did any babies ever fall? Not that anything I read, did any baby ever die from this? Huh. So and yeah. maybe it was in the fifties. It was both thought that as the as the decade wore on, you know, cities were getting more crowded. There are more cars. Yeah. There's more pollution coming up. Also, there was you know, a movement to maybe protect your baby or, or some anti-child cruelty and hanging your baby hundred feet outside a window could yeah. be seen as that. So they, you know, goddamn nanny state, just mind your own business. I want to do it now. Let's let hang Lily out the window. Uh. Just kidding. Number five, last one, the man-eating trees of Madagascar. What? That's we all... Good alliteration there. Thank you. Are they mangrove trees? They're That'd not mangrove better. trees, oh. no, they're not. No, they're not on the coast. They're actually in the interior oh. forest. Oh. We all know about the Venus flytrap. Yeah. We do. Sure you do. This little plant in the sandy soils of the Carolinas is augments its diet with flies and other insects. Hold up, the Carolinas. North Carolina. The Venus flytrap is from North Carolina. Oh, oh it's the I the only got... place it grows in the world. Seriously? What? Yeah. What? Mom and I, I got confused. We, yes. We forgot about. We didn't know we were switching gears and going to talk about fully about the Venus flytrap. Yeah. This is the Venus flytrap. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Not the Madagascar. Set the stage. Thing. I was like, what? No, 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 no. It, but it, it, you know, gives you kind of a sense of, of where we're going. Yeah, we love those. So Venus you know, it has the it's it's little claptrap. Claptrap snaps shut when it feels a, a fly there and eats it and digests it, getting some delicious protein because the soil there is not super rich. Nitrogen. The pitcher plant also yeah. has these pitcher kind of shaped leaves. Our friend Tim has both the Venus flytrap and the pitcher plant, and he kills lots of insects in his backyard. Hmm. Uh, the pitcher plant actually attracts them, and, and, and when you go deep into the pitcher, into the cavity of the pitcher plant, you get stuck because it doesn't have like the inward hairs, hairs and things yeah. like and that. And slippery so, walls, yeah. too. So that fly ain't getting out. They can't climb back up. But why stop at bugs or really small animals? I ask you, plant kingdom. The plant kingdom is very adaptive. And yes, it is. Why has nothing evolved to enrich its diet with something a little more, let's say, filling? <gasps> well, maybe something has. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. New York World reporter Edmund Spencer told the story of a man named Carl Lesch. I think that's how it's pronounced. He's German. L-E-C-H-E. Lecce? Lecce. Lecce. Carl Lecce, a German adventurer. He had been to far off Madagascar. And he told Spencer this story, who wrote it up in the New York World in the spring of 1874. So Madagascar was then... it. Uh, France did not control it. It was like little independent kingdoms mostly made I up of, of kingdoms. France would later come to control it and colonize it for Bitches. a little while. And so the interior was largely explored by Europeans. Europeans knew very little, if anything, about the interior of Madagascar. Lecce explored the interior. <laughs> Lecce. <laughs> Lecce? Lecce. 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 I like Spanish for milk. Yes. Cha, cha, lecha, lecha. I'm like, not gonna like, get it right. Like the word sh. Carl, not a cha. Carl, the there you go. Yes, Carl. just call him Carl. 
Carl Totev coming on to a tribe called the Mkoto or Mkoto oh. tribe. He got that good. See? Good job. <laughs> he was allowed to witness one of their greatest rituals, a human sacrifice. <gasps> Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. I support them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Though not as, as widespread as a lot of sensationalist history would have, yep. many cultures did indeed do human sacrifice. The Mkoto ritual was different in that instead of the victim being tossed into a volcano or maybe having their heart ripped out while they're alive, they were fed to a carnivorous plant. That's fun. Or tree. I want to go out that way. Who doesn't? (laughs) The tree was something like an eight foot high, thick ass pineapple. It was kind of pineapple. It looked like a giant pineapple to this. A very, very thick thick trunk, trunk, about eight feet high. It was this kind of dingy brown bark and it was said to be Hard as iron, super super tough. Okay. It had on the top of it. It had a two foot diameter cone, and from this cone, eight leaves, all eleven to twelve feet long, hung down. So it hung down all across all uh, the whole diameter of the tree. Mm-hmm. Something like the leaves of leaves of an agave. So think you know oh, a thick oh, succulent mm. kind of a thing, but much droopier. Okay. Not spiky. They droop down over, but they're kind of thick, succulent leaves. Sure. The surface of these leaves, the upward surface, was covered with little sharp thorns that were shaped a lot like hooks. Wow, like that. Yeah, quote, the apex of the cone was a round, white, concave figure, like a smaller plate set within a larger one. This is I the, don't, the top. Can't picture that. You can't picture anything, so you're not the best. <laughs> yeah, but can you, Emma? I can't. Can you? It's like Mom? a plate. It's like a smaller plate on top of a a bigger plate, and it's surrounded by these. It's on the top of this this thick tree, and the, and the, the top is kind of flattish, and these huge leaves are drooping yeah, down from part. the side of it. Yeah, okay. But, I don't know. These images are very like disparate to me. These different parts. Like you got the pineapple base, and then you got one plate, and you got another <laughs> yeah, plate on top of it, and there's these little... droopy, spiky, flat leaves. I'm well, like, what's eventually, when, after we reveal, we'll have to do some pictures, but we can't do pictures yeah. until after we reveal. Yeah. So. It was not a flower, by the way. It was more. It's like a receptacle, and in this, the bottom of this plate-like receptacle, it exuded a, a quote clear, treacly liquid, honey sweet, and possessed of violent, intoxicating, and soporific properties. Soporific. So you got drunk. Yeah. You got crunked by drinking this treacly liquid, and it was delish, honey sweet, man. <laughs> Long green tendrils then reached out from this receptacle. So separate from the leaves, you had some some tendrils, and they were seven to eight feet long. And then also, it's a very complicated tree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Six palpi reached from the base of the tree where the tendrils went down to meet it. And they were in, said to be in constant motion. They like moved around. They wiggled almost like snakes. So this tree had a lot going on. Okay. Carl... <laughs> through Spencer, who he told the story to, described the scene of the sacrifice where when a woman was brought to the tree and she was forced to climb to the top. She was made to drink that treacly liquid in the cone, and when, once she drank it and got on top of there, that seemed to like set the tree off. Quote, the slender, delicate palpi with the fury of starved serpents quivered a moment over her head, then as if instinct with demonic intelligence fastened upon her in sudden coils round and round her neck and arms. Then, 
while her awful screams and yet more awful laughter rose wildly to be instantly strangled down again into a gurgling moan, the tendrils one after another, like great green serpents, this is all one sentence, by the way, with brutal energy and infernal rapidity, <laughs> rose, retracted themselves, and wrapped her about in fold after fold, ever tightening with cruel swiftness and savage tenacity of anacondas fastening upon their prey. No. Oh. They ate her. Okay. Basically, is what that is what that four hundred word sentence uh, <laughs> seriously essentially means. Yeah, is the this is eighteen seventy four. That's how they wrote. They didn't know how to write back then. They did not. What was left? I mean, Moby uh, Melville Moby Dick has like two page sentences. I'm not kidding. So they they liked it. Uh-oh. What was Where left was a gruesome mixture of human and plant fluid. So it crushed her so thoroughly. She's just jelly. No. The tribespeople would then rush forward to drink <gasps> greedily. No. Ew. Not yes. the tribe jelly. This was followed by a quote, grotesque and indescribably hideous orgy. Naturally. Orgy? I'm going to be honest. Orgy. No, I'll wait until the end, but keep going. This sounds like some fuckery. Later, former yeah. Michigan Governor Chase Osborne, Osborne, Brought to life stories from missionaries. So he allegedly heard from missionaries who had been to Madagascar, uh, similar stories about this this man-eating tree, and he wrote about them in a book called, quote, Madagascar, Land of the Man-Eating Tree. So Chase was, and Chase, he was the ex-governor of Michigan, so he said it as well. But... That means he cannot lie. <laughs> well, not necessarily, because, well, we'll get in a second, but Madagascar, by the way, may not have been the only place where they're flesh-eating plants. The Yetaveo plant of Central America was said by a writer named James Buell to make a kind of hissy noise and it would send out these poisonous spines on its leave and they could pierce people and kill them. I, it's not clear from the story I read if they ate these people or not, but they, they would kill and eat some kind of creatures that, that got too close, I guess. Huh. And in Africa too, in late 19th century, a man named William Thomas Stead wrote of the, something he called the vampire vine he wrote this, by the way, in Lucifer magazine. Oh, no, <laughs> oh that's cute. God. I'm sorry, not Africa. This was Nicaragua. And the plant, the plant would wrap around a victim and drain it of blood. And again, it's not clear that this happened to humans, but it could have. And he, uh, he wrote that when he was with a, uh, a naturalist named Dunstan around the Lake Nicaragua area, he instead heard his dog yelp. Quote, Uh-oh. Running to the spot whence the animal's cries came, Mr. Dunstan found him enveloped in a perfect network of what seemed to be a fine rope-like tissue of roots and fibers. The native servants who accompanied Mr. Dunstan manifested the greatest horror of the vine, which they call the devil's snare, and were full of stories of its, of its death-dealing powers. Hmm. Huh. But was the man-eating Madagascar real? Now, again, you're not voting on... You're voting... Uh, one of these is completely made up. The mad, so As the Jen gods completely made it exactly. Up? Okay. So the Jen gods may be real, or maybe may or may may not be real. Again, we're not dishonoring your culture, Java. But and and same with the man-eating tree because uh, a naturalist named Willie Lee, Willie Lay, he was also German. So I'll just call him Willie. He <laughs> he researched the Madagascar man-eating tree and he found no contemporaneous evidence of it whatsoever. He felt it was all a myth and that Edmund Spencer in the New York world was writing what we now call a hoax story. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm with him. I'm with him too. My German friend. He, none of the names that Spencer mentioned in the story, Willie, Willie Lay could find and he didn't think they existed. So he thinks that it was all just stories. Your job right now, voters, listeners, is to tell us which of these things you made up. I made up. Yeah. Exactly. I think I've Decided. You are to decide. <sighs> Remind so, us. Recap. Recap. Yeah. 
They are the number one, the Jersey Devil tree, that spooky tree where kids cry and torture or get tortured, and when you go to Applebee's, your hands turn black. Spooky tree. <laughs> number two was the Moroccan Moonstone, the mystery of science and of legend that could protect you, not let you be a vampire. Carrie will not accept that last part. And I'm sorry, a werewolf. Yes, that's that's true. And also um, is an unknown gem. We will never know what it was. Number three was Jenglots, those little spiky-haired vampire creatures of Indonesia that drink blood. Could be ghost blood. Could be human's blood. Could have got it from the Red Cross. Number four, baby cages. You make a cage. You put your baby in it. You hang it outside your window. Speaks for itself. And number five was what we just learned about was the man-eating tree of Madagascar. I think mm-hmm. you, my decision. My goodness. Tell us which. Now, um, stop for a second. I'm going to pause this. Do we want to, uh, I, I, since it's so fresh in your oh, head, yeah. why don't we do our five? You, okay, so those are our five strange and spooky and crazy weird things. You guys think about it. This, by the way, is going to kickstart our... October, which is also called Halloween World. And we will have <laughs> lots of scary things for you. Yeah. We'll have an episode in a, uh, probably at the end of the month, I'm thinking. And we will recap. I'm thinking on Halloween. On, <laughs> on maybe on Halloween. We'll upload an episode. We'll recap it quickly for you. In the meantime, though, we want you to vote. Yeah, how do and they do that? What we'll do is then we'll present your votes and we will reveal what the fake was then Halloween. We will vote on our website. We did this for April Fool's. On Facebook. On Facebook, I'm sorry. On Facebook, Facebook. you'll vote on Facebook. So start thinking about it. Please don't look it up. Don't. Honor system. Honor system, completely obviously. Yep. But we'll know, and and, and we'll be angry. We should probably do a Twitter poll, too. Well, maybe we'll do that, too. And do something on Instagram. Go on our Instagram. We'll have a post comment on there, too. You gotta get your social media game up, Dean. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you could do a story on Instagram and vote. Okay. Oh, okay. Ding dong, Emma. Thank you. Carrie's going to do all those things. So look on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, vote, respond. Tell us what you think about yeah. what you yes. think, uh, which one's real, think which one's which, which, Really, it's just which one's fake. Yeah. Yes. Which one Dean and why? made up. Made up. All right. Until then. See ya. Put your finger caps on. Bye. Bye. Bye.